0: Well, Welcome to Trip Talk. I'm Jennifer Napier-Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. Indie films for the younger set, theaters going digital, new releases, lots of movie news going on here in Utah. And joining me on Trib Talk today to get you all up to speed for the weekend is the mo- movie cricket himself. Sean Means, um, the movie critic for the Salt Lake Tribune. Sean, great to have you back. Thanks so much for your time.
1: It's good to be here. Hi.
0: And you can join our conversation today. What films are on your radar? Does digital make a difference in your viewing pleasure? You can send your thoughts on movies to the hashtag #tribtalk on Twitter and Google Plus. You can put them in the comment section at sltrib.com, or you can text us eight zero one. Uh, 609-8059. That's the number at the bottom of the screen, 609-8059. Uh, Sean, let's start with the Tumbleweeds Film Festival. Uh, th- this is a place where youngsters can sort of get a taste of independent film and I, I guess I'm surprised that there are so many films out there that target the, the, the children and youth market that are independently made that are foreign films.
1: Right. Well, I mean, this is you know, tumbleweeds is the fourth year this year, and they're they're starting up next weekend, fourteenth through sixteenth, um, and yeah, they, they they are getting very good at finding and, and bringing in uh, really well made independent uh, international films, and that and there is quite a market for international uh, films that are oriented for a ch- a children's or a family audience uh, that you may not see uh, at you know. Come down the line, and largely because they're just not in, they're not in English, and uh, just because of that, uh, uh, it's hard to sell DVDs for an audience that uh, can't really read the subtitles uh, that well. And uh, but there's a lot of it's still a lot of good stuff. Now, what Tumbleweeds has done over the years, they've developed is that they have they have uh, readers uh, in the theater. Uh, to read the subtitles to the kids, uh, have it set up on a little uh, headphone system. So if you don't want that, you don't have to listen to it. But if you if you need the help, um, you can. And the kids. Uh, Reportedly, uh, after three minutes, they really forget about it and they just get engrossed in the story.
0: So, mm-hmm. well, I have had the great pleasure of actually being a reader. Um, I will be a reader again this week or this uh, this year during the Tumbleweeds Film Festival on March fifteenth at the city library. Um, and it's it's a great experience because the kids really do. Um, initially, the headset is a bit of a distraction. But then mm-hmm. they just get sucked into the film. It's really fun to watch,
1: right? And that's and really that's the same experience adults experience, uh, experience when they were reading subtitles on a film. That uh, after after the first five minutes of oh, I got to read a movie, after that you just get into the story, and you know, and and the way that that story is is delivered to you just doesn't matter as much.
0: You mentioned this is the fourth year that Tumbleweeds has been doing this film festival. Anything new this year? Any changes?
1: Well, I mean, the big the big thing is that they are getting a lot more national and international exposure than they ever had because this uh, earlier because earlier in the year, uh, Tumbleweeds uh, curated the new Sundance Kids program at the Sundance Film Festival, and a lot of people you know who came to Sundance they heard about the Sundance Kids they read the you know read the program guide and said, "What what's a Tumbleweeds?" and so there's getting to be, there's more awareness uh, in the industry and, out, and out, outside of Utah for Tumbleweeds, and I think that's just going to make it grow and grow. Hmm.
0: Uh, any highlights from this year? Any films that you're particularly excited to see? Uh,
1: still sorting through them. Uh, one of the cool things is that uh, if you didn't see it at Sundance, uh, Ernest and Celestine, which was the, uh, one of the Oscar-nominated animated films, uh, it's, a, it's a French-Belgian co-production. It's going to be screened both in the original French and in the English language dub, which premiered at Sundance. Uh, which The English language dub is actually well done. It's got Forrest Whitaker, Lauren Bacall, Megan Mullally, Nick Offerman, uh, and, and, and some, other, you know, some other familiar voices. Uh, and Either way, it's just a charming, just really sweet movie, and if you didn't get to see it at Sundance, now's a great time to do so.
0: Okay, more details if people want to find out about Tumbleweeds uh, when, where, how do they do it?
1: Well, kidsfilm.org is their website or just the Solid, or the Utah Film Center's website, uh, utahfilmcenter.org, and you can get you can find out about the tickets and and uh, the schedule and everything else.
0: And again, that's next weekend. We're speaking with Salt right. Tribune Movie Critic, um, Sean Means and uh, talking about Tumbleweeds about uh, new releases any other movie news on your mind and if you've got questions or comments about films that are on your radar send them along to the hashtag trip talk on Twitter and Google Plus put them in the comments section at sltrip.com or you can text us 801-609-8059 um, the, the trend in filmmaking and in distribution is digital um, it has financial consequences for a lot of the art house films, smaller film houses out there. Um, but it's a reality. They have to make the investment to transition into digital if they want to stay in business. Salt so Lake like film societies, um, art house, just is making that transition, they raise the money. Give us the backstory there.
1: Well, well, in the last couple of years, the movie studios have said we're going digital. We're going to start uh, uh, stop printing film prints and and uh, and put everything out on digital uh, hard drives, which will be plugged into digital projectors. Uh, it's it's a it's a cost savings for the studios because they don't have to ship bulky reels. They can ship just a, you know small. Uh, a smaller uh, a digital hard drives. it uh, easier easier to copy, easier to produce, um, and uh, digital projection is, you know, a lot, it has already been happening in the mainstream theaters in large part because the studio subsidized them. Uh, but for art house theaters, second run theaters, uh, and and other and small uh, uh, small towns, uh, it's been a harder thing. Now. Uh, the Salt Lake Film Society, the major art house uh, 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 nonprofit in Salt Lake, uh, which runs the, broad, the six theaters in the Broadway uh, cinemas and runs the Tower Theater, they had a $700,000 fundraiser last year because these these digital projectors are $100,000 a pop and they had to plug them in and they had to get them for seven screens. They raised the money last year, they installed the digital projectors uh, in the last in the last few months. They're all done. They're set to go. So this week uh, they're having a, pri- uh, a private party tonight and then Saturday through Thursday public screenings. Uh, they're having a This Is Digital Celebration. They're showing four uh, acclaimed movies. They're showing the uh, documentary Samsara from a couple years ago which is this great visual sort of uh, whirlwind tour of the world. Uh, they're also sh- And then they're showing three classic films. They're showing From Here to Eternity. Uh, from 1953 they're showing Lawrence of Arabia from 1962 and if you've never seen that on a big screen you really owe it to yourself and they're showing 2001 a Space Odyssey. Again, if you've never seen th- these movies on a big screen now's your chance go, uh, go see them uh, you know it's for one week only.
0: Okay um, Salt Lake Film Society is the, the, the group that that will be, Sponsoring that those events, what does it mean for uh, audience goers? I mean, people out there in the theater, will the experience be different in any way?
1: Um, If you're if you're a real hardcore purist, maybe. Uh, But the fact that with film prints on a in in perfect settings, yeah, you might notice a, a slight difference. But the you know, when's the last time anybody saw a film in a perfect setting? Uh, in in a movie theater, uh, and the, I mean the digital the digital prints are getting better and better all the time. They are actually really sharp, really clear, and you you're you, it, for this, this is just really a chance to see see films on a big screen in a, in a in a in a, in a movie setting in a movie theater setting and frankly your, your options these days are more and more limited I mean you're not going to find very many places that are showing 35 millimeter or 70 millimeter film prints of any of these classic films the uh, the, the, the movie studios archives their libraries they're getting rid of the, the film prints they' keep they're keeping all digital uh, the, the uh, Broadway and Tower Actually, the Tower experienced this um, a year, about a year and a half ago, when they were having trouble getting a copy of *Rocky Horror Picture Show* for their annual annual Halloween show because 20th Century Fox wasn't—they only had five film prints left, and everything—and because they, they were transferring to digital, uh, and so they had to fight with other theaters around the country to get the one, you know, get the last theatrical print. Um, but now, now that they're all digital. I mean, the sky's the limit. There's a lot more opportunity to do repertory stuff. Um, there is a lot more opportunity to get movies in and and just you know bring the movies that you wouldn't be seeing otherwise.
0: I guess the only reason I ask I come from an audio background and uh, people when um, you know CDs and mp3s came on they thought oh no way can this ever compete with the sound quality of vinyl or with my 45 I just didn't know if there was a corollary in um, the digital versus the 35 millimeter or 70 millimeter space
1: Well to some cinephiles there is but it's again I mean unless, unless you can buy your own theater and buy your own prints, there's no there's nowhere you're going to be able to you know, have that experience, hmm. uh, and and certainly nowadays, I mean, with most most movies being shot digitally, being recorded digitally, uh, it's 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 a clean transfer from one to the other, uh, and you know transferring because people you know studios don't want to transfer from a film that was shot digitally and 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 we use the film you know, use the word film uh, almost anachronistically now, uh, but if you've got a movie. It's been shot digitally, so seeing it digitally is not going to be a big difference.
0: Hmm. Uh, the big movie news of the, of the last week, of course, was last Sunday when the Oscars were... Um, were. Uh do I say performed? <laughs> the, the Oscar ceremony was presented, and I guess uh, the one word that I kept hearing was predictable. Do you share that sentiment? Was it predictable this year?
1: Oh yeah, the Oscars. What are they? They were a whole week ago. That's old <laughs> news now. Uh, it, it was very predictable, and part of it is that it was such a long Oscar season this year, a long awards season, because they pushed the Oscars back to March, so they wouldn't, so, so that the telecast wouldn't compete with the with the Sochi Olympics. Uh, and it just the grind that you get in sort of that campaign style of of, of trying trying to win Oscars is such that, that yeah, all all the major contenders were pretty well sorted out well in advance. You knew well in advance by January that Matthew McConaughey was gonna win Best Actor, that Kay Blanchett was a shoe in for best actress, that it was gonna be twelve years a slave for best picture. Um, really I mean the there, was all, there were almost no categories, other than like the shorts categories, which are, you know, a, a toss-up any year anyway. Um, almost no category that wasn't sort of predetermined. You knew Gravity was going to win all the technical stuff. You knew Gravity, that Alfonso Cuaron was going to win Best Director. Um, you know, the only, really the only one where there was any sort of, you know, either-or was original screenplay. Um, but even that was a foregone conclusion when all the all the guild awards and all the previous awards were going to Spike Jones for her. There was an outside shot that maybe American Hustle might win for best original screenplay because it had to win for something. If it but got it ne- didn't. It got
0: know, shut that's, out.
1: That's the thing. It got ten nominations and it got it got it got a goose egg. Um, and. Yeah, you know, people who do the Oscar Oscar predicting and and sort of the the, the watching the whole scene, um, who have become sort of a cottage industry in themselves now. Uh, yeah, they, they sometimes they will. Bring up scenarios like that, you know, in large part because it's just so boring at this point. They need to find something to write about.
0: Well, I, I guess I was holding out hope for Miyazaki's *The Wind Rises* because I thought that was a spectacular animated feature. Uh, much has been made this week of the John Travolta fumble on Adina Menzel's name. Um, right. uh, any other memorable moments that uh, you'll take away from Oscars 2013?
1: I, li- I like the pizza guy. Uh, <laughs> I thought. I thought, and and the and the story of of. of of how he didn't know he was going to be pulled out on the front of the stage and all that. Uh, I thought that was well done. Um, I liked the... I mean, I, I, I got to say, I was a sucker for the selfie. I thought that was a funny moment. As were uh,
0: millions. <laughs> even, well, even
1: even when you find out later that, that it was like a corporate you know, uh, product placement right in the middle of the thing. Uh, Ellen did a great job. it? did, a, did, a, did a, a good job. She wasn't controversial. She, uh, She... she, she was a warm presence, and she just sort of kept it moving. And and uh, I mean, still, it was still three and a half hours, but that's just that's just the nature of the beast.
0: Sure. Well, let's move on to new releases or recent releases. Uh, a couple of movies opening this week. First, 300. You were not thrilled about this one. No,
1: 300: Rise of an Empire. This is this is a sequel or a prequel or a semi-middle, <laughs> I don't know, um, to 300, which was, you know, pretty cool, very violent, you know, very stylized, you know, ancient war movie. The original film was about the Battle of Thermopylae when 300 Spartans faced off with the entire Persian army, uh, and and uh, this this is all what's going on with the Greeks and the Athenians uh, all around what was, you know, while that was happening. The and it talks about like the naval battles that were set that were happening in place while the while the Spartans were facing the Persians on land, and it's sprawling and it tries to sort of copy the stylistic aspects of Three Hundred, but it just turns into sort of a bloody chaotic mess. Uh, the only real saving grace to the whole thing is uh, Eva Green uh, plays the commander of the Persian uh, naval forces, uh, Artemisia, and she is such a you know, balls to the wall, sort of, uh, 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 no take no prisoners performance, that you really wish the rest of the movie had been as you know intense and and as out there as she was, but mm. it wasn't. So,
0: one so. and a half stars for 300. Stars. I, I, you're you're putting this mo- your money this weekend on um, uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Tell me about that.
1: Right. Well, I mean, and. I'll tell you, I was surprised when I saw this movie because I was expecting the absolute worst. I was expecting uh, uh, just a, a terrible, you know, treacly animated movie. Uh, but you know, and, and, ba- and based on a character, based on some some cartoon characters that you know from, from my childhood that I actually enjoyed, uh, uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. If you remember them, uh, Peabody they were they were part of the Rocky and Bullwinkle uh, stable back in the '60s, and. Um, uh, Mr. Peabody was a super smart dog, who with his adopted boy Sherman, uh, and uh, they had a time machine called the Wayback Machine, which uh, allowed them to travel back into history and you know fix the things that just weren't quite right about history. Uh, and uh, it's very funny, very satirical, original show. Um, this one actually. First off, it keeps the flavor of that very well. I mean, Sherman is very, he, or Peabody is a very smart dog. He does, uh, he's uh, very, very erudite voicing by uh, Ty Burrell, the, the star of uh, Mo, uh, Modern Family on TV, uh, and uh, with his boy Sherman, uh, very funny, very charming. Uh, get you know these these trips it back into history where they meet up with King Tut, uh, Leonardo da Vinci, uh, Marie Antoinette. Uh, and they, they wind up in inside the Trojan horse. Uh, it's all, you know, it, it's all good fun. It's very much like uh, Time Bandits or Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, sort of messing about with historical figures. Uh, and it turned out to be actually pretty fun.
0: Yeah, the, the the preview looks really fun. I I I think that's the word for it. It's just amusing. Um, right. So um, uh, that opens today, right? That
1: is that is opening today as well. Yes.
0: Okay. Uh, and still in theaters. If you have, in case you missed it, I guess uh, one that uh, you liked pretty well is Lone Survivor. Three stars.
1: Right. That was that, that that's the holding around in theaters. This was this was uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg uh, starring as a Navy SEAL and. Uh, in, in a in a, is a sort of a recent war movie that uh, that looks at the sort of camaraderie of a Navy seal team uh, when all is going wrong uh, on, on a mission in Afghanistan uh, it is it is probably one of the more harrowing war movies you've had in a recent vintage uh, and I mean the movie was nominated for like sound design for its sound design and the, the sound effects really make you feel like you're in the middle of a firefight and it, it is really effective in that way. So, mm.
0: um, so so you would you would recommend Lone Survivor over 300 if you're looking for a war movie. If, um, if, in yeah. the suspense field, uh, Jack Ryan, the latest uh, iteration of the CIA agent from right. Tom Clancy's imagination is still out there. You only gave it two stars.
1: I, I did, actually I didn't. Uh, Vince Horiuchi did. I was still up in Park City when that movie came out, ah. uh, so I missed out. Um, But uh, Vince didn't think very highly of it, no.
0: No, no. Uh, Your movie pick for the weekend?
1: Well, I mean, the one everybody has gone seeing and should go see uh, uh, a dozen more times would be the Lego movie. Uh, Hilarious. Everything is awesome.
0: Exactly. And you'll have
1: that earworm in your head for the rest of your life. Indeed. Uh, It's, you know, and and the fact that a movie that looks like, on the outside, looks like a corporate, uh, uh, you know, Commercial-driven sort of enterprise still is, but manages to sort of uh, uh, deconstruct the whole notion of a corporate-driven uh, 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 commercial enterprise as it's going, and really get back to the spirit of you know why why kids loved Legos in the first place—that that you could make the thing as it, as the instructions tell you, but then you could go off and 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 you know stick Harry Potter in the middle of of, of the Iron Man set or whatever, and it just you know it's it's just really it's an amazing movie and and how they got away with making it either the lego executives don't know what they're doing or they know exactly what they're doing and i think i think actually in this case it's the it's the second
0: well it's the genius of will farrell right
1: well Exactly. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in there somewhere, but the real genius here, the guys, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the directors, they did uh, the, the first Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs movie. They did the 21 Jump Street re- reboot. Uh, they, are, they are actually one of the more talented filmmaking teams you could find out there.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it sounds like a great weekend ahead. Sean Means, thanks so much for the time. Thank you. And you can find lots more entertainment news as well as weekend listings on our website, sltrib.com. I'm Jennifer Napier-Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. Thanks for tuning in to Trib Talk today. Have a great weekend.